0: You're listening to audio from Liberty Church in the Harrisburg-Camp Hill area of Pennsylvania. For more information, please visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org. Good morning, Liberty Network. My name's Steve Huber. I'm the director of the network, which means I pastor pastors and leaders throughout the network. And I just want to say good morning to all of you, all nine churches and church plants of the Liberty Network. It was 20 years ago, about this time of year, a launch team was being formed to plant the first Liberty churches. Uh, the first Liberty Church in Fairmount, and here we are, 20 years later. And by God's grace, this past two years. We've walked through COVID together. We've prayed for each other, served each other, come alongside each other, given to each other, done ministry in our region, and we've also re-clarified who we are as a network. What do we believe as a network? There's been re-clarifying work about our beliefs and our mission, and yes, recommitment. And we're committed to being a communion of churches. This morning, we're gonna look at how the gospel is a call to communion. We're going to see what that means. What does it mean that the gospel is a call to communion? And if you're new to faith, there's something here for you. You're going to learn about the gospel and how the gospel works. So I'm going to read a passage from 1 Corinthians 1. This church has some problems. Uh, They're divided. They've picked favorite leaders and then argued about who's the best. There's some immorality. Once in a while, they sue each other. It's an imperfect church, which, by the way, that's the only kind of church there is. And yet, listen to God's Word to them and to us. Listen for the language of calling and for the language of fellowship. Listen as I read God's Word. 1 Corinthians 1. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And this is God's word. Three things about how the gospel is a call to communion. The gospel is a call to communion with God himself. Two words to focus on in the last verse. I want to start in this verse 9 and then work backwards. Notice this first word, the word called. Paul is confident about their future, even though they have a lot of problems, because God is faithful and he has called them. We think of calling calling. in in the English language, as invitation. And it is that, but in the scriptures, in this word being used, calling is effectual. It's not just invitational, like, hey, come do this. You might like this. Calling makes it happen. Calling is about destiny. It's about God's ultimate control. It's about how God, uh, in calling us to be Christians, actually made our hearts new, gave us eyes to see him, and we don't pat ourselves in the, on the back if you see some things about Jesus and you become a Christian, but you thank God. You received a calling from God. Calling is effectual. And we've been called into the second word that's really important, the fellowship of his son. Now, the word that's translated fellowship, it's the Greek word koinonia, it's used about 35 times in the New Testament. And it means, at its most basic level, sharing, partnership, relationship. It means communion. When we have communion in the Lord's Supper, we're sharing together something from and with Jesus and with each other. Sharing, partnership, fellowship. And the fellowship of his son what is the fellowship of a son? Well, it's fellowship, it's relationship with God himself. To be a Christian is to be in relationship with God himself. And God is in communion with himself. So this, the scriptures teach, I just need to touch on this deep mystery for a second, that God is not lonely. God is not alone. God is three persons and one. He's three and one, one and three, not one. One of those more than the other. He's both Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's the opposite of pop culture depictions of God. I'm blown away how often when God's depicted in pop culture, God is alone and he's in a boring place. Heaven is a white place. The fog machine's been left on too long. It doesn't look like a place you'd want to hang out. And it looks like God is alone. God is not lonely and he's not alone. He, has, he experiences love and, in himself, and reflects love in himself, and is love, to the person who says, look, I don't know if I want fellowship with God. I want to say to you two things. Uh, The only person who says that, you don't know much about God. God, who is the fountain of all goodness all love, all beauty and truth, all creativity, every good thing you've ever touched. You don't want to know him. You don't want to be in fellowship with him. And here's the warning. Uh, The scriptures teach, if you don't want fellowship with God, you'll get what you want forever. Forever separation from God. But in the gospel, we're called to be in the fellowship of his son. And Jesus, uh, there's this famous prayer that Jesus prays in John 17. And he prays this for the people who believe in him and for the people who will believe in him in the future. And he prays for them. He says, Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. God is in communion with Himself. He's in fellowship with Himself, and He prays for future believers. The prayer ends I have made known to them your name. I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me, baby, in them and I in them. What is it to be in fellowship with God? Jesus Himself is in us, in our lives, by His Spirit, and God's love. Even the the love that the Father has for the Son is in us. His presence and his love are in our lives. The gospel is a call to communion. And how does it happen? It happens through Jesus. Look quickly at the second verse. To those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together. The grace is given to us. In Christ Jesus, verse 4, We're sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together. What's that mean? Sanctified means to be made holy. And here, the saints here, they're not the Eagle Scout Christians. They're not the special, notable Christians that we're called to imitate. This is everybody, I remember actually years ago being in a worship service where the worship leader had us during the greeting time, during the past the peace time. He had everyone stand up and greet yourself as a saint. I'm saint so and so. Hey, you're a saint. Hey, it's nice to meet you, saint so and so. And it's actually a gospel truth that in Jesus we're declared holy. Saints mean holy ones. Jesus died for our sins. His, his death counts for us. His forgiveness is ours and his resurrection is our destiny. and even now we can taste that power. We're saints and sanctified in him. And if you'll notice the flow of this passage, the grace comes first before the change. Paul celebrates the grace that was given to them in Christ Jesus. They're gifted for ministry. they're called to be one. And the rest of this letter, he, gets, he calls them to apply that grace to the different divisions and issues that they have. Uh, the very next verse is a call to unity. He says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and in the same judgment. Liberty churches, we are called simply here, to agree, to seek unity in the Lord. They are the church in Corinth, in the church in that place. But you notice, he says, in a very real way, you are united with all those everywhere who in every place call in the name of Jesus, our common Lord. So, liberty... You are called to be Jesus' presence in your community in Harrisburg, Mainline, Newtown Square, uh, Bridge Church, Community Church in Glenside, Fairmount, River Wards, Northeast Philadelphia, Collingswood, and yes, Tampa. John Robinson was like, I'm called to my home state, my hometown. Would you help me? We're going to help that guy. Uh, we love him. We're called to be the church in that place and also to recognize the unity we have with each other in Christ and with all churches everywhere. I was at a uh, multi-campus church in Florida in the middle of this past week. They had a global gathering of leaders from around the world, and this church in Florida is their own network in South Florida, and also they're part of missions around the world. I met a pastor and an evangelist in, from Belfast, Ireland. I met people from cities I'd never heard of. And in one of the worship times, I was just struck by the bigness of what we're called to. And joining us, in God, and bringing us into the fellowship of his son and in communion with him, has connected us with his family around the world And yes, through the ages, all the Christians there ever were or ever will be, you in Christ are part of that family. Why else are we called to unity in the gospel? Well, look at the second point. The gospel calls us to to communion with each other. We have fellowship with God, the fellowship of his son, but also with each other. Listen to this verse from Acts 2. This is the early church in Acts. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is a period of growth, of peace in the early church. And you notice they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. And again, it's that word, Koinonia, communion. The communion together with believers, they were devoted to it. And I just want to call us to be devoted. We're called in the gospel because of the grace of Jesus, the kindness of Jesus, and the forgiveness of Jesus to respond to that by being devoted to the church. Be devoted to the church. Look, we had to make... Uh, watching church easy um, for those who have health needs. And that is true. We had to do that during COVID. And also, it's just easier to stay in your pajamas and watch church online in bed or on your couch. It is easier. But you know what? It's not better for you. It's not better for you. You're missing interaction with other people. You're missing the Lord's Supper. You're missing communing together in the Lord's Supper. Can we just remind each other it's not the same? And are we not to respond in the gospel by being devoted? Uh, I want to read to you this Dorothy Day quote. She was actually, she was an anarchist and an activist, and she was converted to Christianity. She started The Catholic Worker in the 1930s. And this is what she says about community and love. Listen to her. We cannot love God unless we love each other. And to love, we must know each other. We know him in the breaking of bread, and we know each other in the breaking of bread. We are not alone anymore. Heaven is a banquet, and life is a banquet too, even with a crust where there is companionship. We have all known the long loneliness, and we have learned that the only solution is love, and that love comes with community. The long loneliness, that's what she entitled her, her autobiography And we do have loneliness in this world. And the answer to that is to listen to God's call to love each other. And the only way to do that is to know each other. We've got to get to know each other. And we actually need to be devoted and focused on it, on that, for that to happen. Uh, A lot's been written about how society is becoming more individualistic. One of the classic works on this is Bowling Alone by Robert Putnam. came out in the year 2000. Uh, The subtitle is The Collapse and Revival of American Community. Why did he call it Bowling Alone? He called it Bowling Alone because, hey, did you know this stat? More people bowl than ever before. But less people bowl in leagues. More people bowl alone. And it's just a snapshot of where society is going on multiple levels. It used to be even watching TV was a community experience or a family experience Now try to get your teenagers to look up from their phones to watch your dumb show. It's not going to happen. We do everything together less. We eat together less. We watch TV together less. We go on vacation together less. We talk less face-to-face than we ever have before as a society. So what does it mean in responding to the grace of the gospel And responding to this example, where there is devotion to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, what does it mean to be devoted? Um, we got to change how we live. The rhythms of our life cannot be, look, is church one of the many nice activities in the buffet of nice activities that you have before you? Or could you analyze your life and say, actually, The fellowship of the church and the community of the church is a central thing that I organize life around. Look at the grace of Jesus and what he calls us to. In a way, I mean, this is countercultural. We're going to live differently than the people around us. Uh, We're going to think differently. We're going to have to make time for each other. We're going to have to be willing to be interrupted. We're going to have to change the rhythms of our lives. And, and I just want to touch on this really quickly. We are also called to think differently. Notice they're devoted to the apostles' teaching. Social media has been designed to be addictive, to monopolize your attention so people can sell ads to you, so corporations can make money. News outlets have learned that... Uh, in- Increasing alarm increases viewership. And is it not making us more frustrated, more afraid? What if we spent the time, what if this next year we we said, look, we're going to spend more time being shaped by God's word, and whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, any excellent thing, God's word, his teachings, sermons, the examples of other Christians, what if we spent the time and we made sure we're spending more time in who God is, his promises, his goodness to us in Christ, his promise to be with us in the future, his call for us to love each other, than multiple, multiple, multiple times a day being consumed by social media and news that's just freaking everybody out. Now, look, I read the news. I want to stay informed but I don't want it to have it dominate my thought life or shape me emotionally. And um, I'm wanting to bring that up because this is a time where in the church, Christians are showing themselves to be willing to divide over mass, over politics, over different social issues. The, we're being shaped by a culture which can't listen to each other. And doesn't know how to talk to each other about anything we disagree about. And we're just, we're not being shaped enough as the church in America by the gospel in this. The gospel of grace is look, we're saved by grace, not because of our right position on mass or any issue, pick any issue. We're saved by grace. Shouldn't that make us be willing to humbly listen to each other? And look, Um, we're called to the church. Sometimes there are many people um, who would like to say, look, I believe in Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. I just have a problem with the church. Jesus doesn't give you that option. It's hard to say you love Jesus if you hate his wife. The church is Jesus' bride. He's devoted to her. He's committed to her. He's called you into that community. And look, um, I was influenced by a guy named Dwight Smith, who years ago, he said, he was a guy, uh, he's actually been part of church planning movements around the world. But as a young man, he wanted to follow Jesus, be in love with Jesus, but just not the church. And basically, what he came to be convinced of, what God wants to do in the world, he wants to do through his people. What well, God wants to do it in the world, He wants to do in the through the church. We don't have that option. Are you frustrated with your church? Well, look, you're part of an imperfect church. And if you find a perfect church, don't join it, you'll ruin it. So would I, because I'm not perfect and neither are you. And the only kind of churches that exist are ones that are in the process of growing and being made sanctified and seeking to live faithfully in this age. Plug into the gospel church that God has put in your life and be devoted because the gospel is a call to communion with each other in the the community of faith. Lastly, the gospel is a call to communion with each other in ministry. It's a call to do ministry with each other. Listen to this verse in Romans 15. This is the Apostle Paul writing to a church in Rome, and he says, At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. Now look at what's happening. We know elsewhere, uh, from elsewhere in the New Testament there was a famine there, there's a food security issue, and Paul and his companions have a gift from churches in one region to the church and the poor in another region. Churches helping churches. Churches together doing regional ministry. Churches together doing more together that they're accomplishing more together than any one church could do alone. I hope this sounds familiar. In 2019, Easter outreach went from a a once-a-year thing 10,000 meals in one weekend, to now millions, uh, almost 9 million pounds of food were delivered in 2021. Vito Baldini has been raised up, and this is now a separate ministry that he's been leading for years, and it's blessing our region. There's 100 distribution sites, and thousands of people are served each month by God's grace. The church... Churches together doing ministry. The word there, when Paul says, from Macedonia, Macedonia and Achaia, those churches have been pleased to make some contribution, the word is koinonia. They have been pleased to make some koinonia together, some partnership together. And the same word... It's translated partnership in Philippians 1. Contribution here. The same word koinonia is a verb later. It's a verb in Hebrews 13. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Do good. Share what you have. It's literally koinonia what you have. Share what you have. So By God's grace, during the pandemic, millions and millions of pounds of food have happened. Liberty, communion of churches, what else are we called to? What else are we called to partner in to express the love of Jesus, the hug of Jesus, the welcome of Jesus, the tears of Jesus, the hands of Jesus in our region? Now, I look, there are already... Uh, hospital visitations, tutoring programs, every kind of ministry you can think of. What else are we called to? May the Lord lead us. Look, we are called uh, to be in the Liberty Communion of churches, a church, every church admits, look, we're called to be Jesus present here. We're called to live, speak, and serve as Jesus' presence in our immediate community. You were called to that. And every one of you is invited in and asked to jump in. And also, can we believe this? Can we believe that the best is yet to come? Should not we ask God that he would lead us to even serve him in greater ways, that more people would meet Jesus, the more people would be served in his name, the more churches would be strengthened or planted in the future? How is that going to happen? Well, I tell you what, if we do communion with God deeply and communion with each other deeply, that is necessary to walk in ministry together. How well we do number one and number two is going to determine how well we actually share in ministry together. We're called to deep fellowship with God, fellowship with each other, and yes, partnership in ministry. Uh, I want to challenge you individually. Look at what Jesus has shared with you, his very self, his grace, his very life and presence, and share that with others. Uh, Some of us, it's easier to share our money than our presence. We're actually called to share both. Other people, others of us, it's easier to share our time and our energy than our money. God calls us to steward all of our gifts all that we are, in his mission, together, doing it together. Bob Heppy is a missionary in London among the South Asian community. Uh, he came to Christ years ago in Glenside and was part of uh, New Life Presbyterian Church. He actually became Jack Miller's son-in-law. One of his favorite things to say is that living for God is like going down a one-way street the wrong way. It's like going down a one-way street, only the wrong way. The only way to do that is to be in a convoy. We're called to do this together. We're called to communion and ministry together, communion in being a family together, in a family and communion of churches, and yes, communion with God himself. So Liberty, be awake to the call of the gospel, to communion with God himself, with each other, and in ministry. Uh, Allow me to to close this in prayer. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, uh, we pray for ourselves and for these churches, this communion of churches, that we'd actually commune with you in deeper ways. We would know more of your grace to us, experience more of your presence. Uh, We pray we'd be devoted to our fellowship together and that in a way that would reflect your love and reality to the world, we pray we'd be dedicated to ministry together. Lord, lead us. Lead us to the greater things we should be doing. And we commit ourselves to you. We commit all that we are to you. We commit our churches to you. We pray we'd be unified in a world of division. We pray that love would mark our relationships and how we interact. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Liberty Church. To learn more about our church or to listen to previous recordings, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org.